Good day everyone, you're listening to Time For Your Hobby, and this is episode 32, My Personal Ocean. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Bree as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? Good. The title is a little misleading because ocean is uh, saltwater and I only have freshwater tanks. <laughs> my Personal Lake. So yeah, the topic today is aquarium. So not salt water, but uh, there is a question about that later on, but uh, we'll we'll, we'll get, we have time, we will get to it. So yes, Brie is my guest for today. And before we start to talk about her hobby of aquariums, I'm sure the listeners would love to know a little bit more about you, if you don't mind sharing. Yeah, um, I live in Idaho in the US. I'm 25. Uh, Right now I work at a a lumber mill and uh, so you know it's like it's an industry and I would just work on a machine and I just kill a bunch of trees day to day and I'm working up a lot of bad karma so I'm hoping that uh, I'll be able to quit sometime soon and and go back and go back to school and learn something that'll help people instead of yeah this but you are helping fish so it's kind of like balancing <laughs> out you're keeping them alive you're keeping them healthy so that's well balancing <laughs> Okay. I mean, I have something to say about that later, but okay. So yes, today your hobby is aquariums. Um, How did you get introduced to aquariums? I just always wanted an aquarium as a kid. I I had an aunt that had one, just like a basic 10 gallon. And I always used to just sit in front of it and watch it for, you know, uh, I never got to go to aquariums as a kid, but I was always obsessed with ocean animals and ocean life. And I've always been kind of a little hippie where I, I just, I've never liked killing animals or harming them. And so I was a really bad person to bring fishing because I had a tendency to let the fish go, even if I didn't, I wasn't the one who caught them. So back then I didn't know that most of the time the fish were already dead anyways, but. You just threw the fish back in with the rod attached to it. It's like, just take it all, just take it. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just after you know, they just, yeah, I didn't understand life and death back then. I do now. (laughs) As you grow up, you learn these things, of of course. Yeah. I mean, once you like a basic thing with fishing is usually once you hook them, depending on the hook, like you throw it back, it's kind of already going to be dead depending on the hook you use. But so didn't know that back then. (laughs) But we know that now. So Did you, what was your actual first aquarium? Was it like a little bowl, like one of those guppy fish or goldfish, or did you, your parents get a big tank? Oh yeah. Um, my first tank back when I was a little kid, we went to this little state fair and, uh, there was a game that you could win goldfish or whatever. And they weren't like your typical goldfish. They were very like, uh, like brown and gold. They weren't very pretty, weren't very big. I had to say about the size of your pinky at biggest. And uh, I, I remember winning one of them and then I was so excited and all these kids just started giving them to me because I was super excited that I got a fish and their parents were like, yes, give her the fishes because we don't want them. <laughs> and my mom was like, well, crap. So she <laughs> went to like the dollar store and bought like a one little bowl for all of these fish. And I was super excited to have my own little fish tank. It, it wasn't a fish tank. It was just a bowl. And the next day I woke up and all of them were dead except for one because I didn't know anything about fish and my mom didn't really care. So, and she was like, well, that's life and death for you. And so. That must have been really traumatizing. 
yeah, was, I mean, I made little fishy graves for them. I buried them each in their own little tiny graves and, and put little tiny flowers on their graves. And then the one fish that did survive ended up, we put it in my aunt's fish tank and he, he grew pretty big. His name was Bob. How'd you choose the name Bob? I was five. So. <laughs> actually, I don't know. actually, my first fish, I got three fish and I named them Pickle, Dog and Cat. Oh my God, those are really good. And I was probably, I was probably five. That's awesome. That's way more creative than what I did because the second fish I got, I also named Bob. Bob is an amazing name. It was really, yeah, simple. Uh, my, my second fish I got was a little blue beta named Bob and I had him in a little fish tank too, but he was, he was pretty resilient. He got eaten by my cat. So. Oh, so free dinner. <laughs> yeah. She knocked the thing over. That's how tiny the, the tank was anyways. Yeah, he didn't last more than a month wouldn't before my cat got to him, but I still love my cat. But but now your t- cat knows to not go fishing. Pretty much. She's too old these days, but whatevs. So speaking about your cat interacting with your tank, how many creatures do you have in your current tank? Um, I have oh my I have a lot of tanks actually. So I have a big fifty gallon tank that sits in a corner and I have a five gallon and a 10 gallon and a 16 gallon. And I have a couple other really tiny, like less than five gallon, uh, just tanks for, they're not really tanks. They're like holders for when I'm cleaning or like if I need to hold a fish in there temporarily. Um, overall I have, as of right now, I just have three. I have one axolotl and two betas. So my tanks are pretty barren right now, but that's for a couple reasons. So so I'm guessing you have a big plan to fill them up and make it into a masterpiece, right? Um, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm, I've got, uh, it, the nice thing about tanks is that, like aquariums, is that you can use them to kind of express your creativity in a lot of ways. And But yeah, you have to do your research first, for sure. And it's actually a lot slower process than what a lot of people realize. And I think that that's kind of a shame because a lot of pet stores are so willing to just hand out fish and and supplies when a lot of people don't really do the research beforehand. And I'll admit I did that a ton of times before I realized what a big project it is. It's a science project. So but it's fun. That's what it is, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I realized that this was a hobby and that this was this was fun for me because I spent a lot of money on it. It's, it's, it can be an expensive hobby. So, uh, yeah. You've been at that point, like, I've gone too far. I can't go back. Just put it all in. Pretty much. And yeah, it's it's been great. So totally worth every penny. As long as you love it, that's what's important. And as long as it makes you happy. Yeah, for sure. So you said you named your first two fish Bob. Do you currently name your fish? I have my two betas that I kind of rescued from a pet store because they looked really pitiful. I ha- I don't really call them by their names because they they have their own personalities, but I haven't had them for very long. One of them's an opal color, so I kind of call him opal. And the other one is um, an elephant-eared beta, so I kind of call her Ellie. No, sweet and simple. I like that. It's just you get straight to the point. You don't have to break your neck trying to think of a name like cat, dog, and pickle. It's different because I try not to get too attached to the fish because fish are really fragile and they can pick the bucket. I have no idea how old these betas were when I bought them, so I try not to get too attached. They're really pretty and beautiful, and they make a great addition to the tank that they're in. And I do have, for anybody that's like screaming at their uh, speaker, like, why does she have two betas together? I don't have them together. There is 
a screen that separates them. So they're they're fine. They just give each other dirty looks all day. <laughs> they kind of do, yeah. No, so the betas, I, when I was younger, I used to have a fish tank too, and the fish would eat each other or mysteriously disappear. Did that ever happen to you? I did. Yeah, I had, um, I used to have a couple little tiny fish that were, I don't know, they were basically goldfish. I really wish I knew the name of them, but I had them in this tank with some crabs and it was just like a really, it was the 10 gallon and I woke up one morning and one of the fish was gone and, and I freaked out because I'm like, oh my God, the crab must have ate it overnight. <laughs> but it was just a little tiny fiddler crab. So there was no way that it would have eaten the whole fish. So I didn't really figure out where it went until I moved out of that apartment and I found it. It had jumped out of that tank had landed in one of my uh, flower pots. So <laughs> I found it all dried up in a flower pot like a yard away. It was so weird. I was like, how did it do that? <laughs> this little tiny fish got so much air. It's like that video on the, in- on the internet where uh, people were in the grocery store and a fish just jumps out the tank into the grocery cart and people are like, what? what? Where did this come from? So what kind of creatures did you tend to have in your tanks? Do you usually go for the same types of creatures or you'd like to mix it up every now and then? Um, I'm really more of a connoisseur of like axolotls. I know a lot more about them than I do about most fish because it's what I've had for the past four years. I've kind of played around with other tanks that I, because I've started out with like tadpole axolotls, like when they were babies before they grew legs. And so I have had different sizes of tanks that have slowly been upgrading them to something that's big to accommodate them. The fish in general, I'm not super read up on, but I do know that there's a lot of basic care things. Like if you're looking to start an aquarium with some goldfish or some little guppies or little, you know, little fish, and you're looking to start freshwater or saltwater, really, you definitely want to do your research beforehand. Make sure that you have a big enough tank. And yeah, I don't know if there's any, if you were going to get into that kind of question, but I I don't know. I have like a whole spiel that I give people who are looking to buy a fish tank. And because I have a lot of friends who are like, oh, I'm thinking about getting my kid a fish tank. And I'm like, well, sit yourself down because I've got a lecture for you. No, no. So when I was a kid again, my parents had fish tank and they bought this one fish and they kept on feeding it fish food. And it just got bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where it was too big for the tank. They brought it back to the store and they said, you have to feed it fruits. What? Not fish food, fruits. Apparently, it's one of those fish that just hangs around the side of uh, fruit trees and waits till the fruit falls and they eat the fruits from there. Huh. So, yeah, now they never bought that again. I wonder what kind of fish that was. The expensive kind that eats only the most delicate and expensive fruits. Avocados. (laughs) (laughs) The only one that's perfectly ripe. Oh, I didn't know avocado was a fruit. Is avocado a fruit? I, it's got one, one seed, one big seed. I, I don't know. That's somebody, whoever's listening, if you're yelling at the screen saying, yes, it is. No, it isn't. Just if you can put it in the description, put it in the comments, send me an email saying, Alex, you're an idiot. Why are you talking about fruits about in a fish tank episode? Either way. <laughs> Fact check us. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what is currently inside your fish tank? Uh, more aesthetics. Uh, so let's say rocks or tree branches or pebbles. What, what do you have inside? Um, as of right now, I have a couple plant. Uh, the 10 gallon that I have for the betas is my first real planted tank that I've been trying to upkeep. And planted tanks are there, they can be difficult because you need to make sure that they get enough light, but you also need to make sure that the fish are acclimated to it. 
to because you can't one thing that you can't do with fish tanks is you can't really put them in front of a window because it can throw off the pH it can throw it can throw off a lot of the water and and it can throw off the fish uh, it could be too hot for the fish it could be too cold for the fish so you want to make sure that they're at a good distance kind of parallel to a, a window you're not directly in front of one so you're going to want to have good lighting for plants and stuff and as of right now i have moneywort which is like a tall thin leafy plant and i have red reuben which are, are kind of like a, a leafy more like a typical leaf like a, a sword shaped leaf and i'm looking at getting some flame moss because it's really pretty for um, the bottom of a tank and it's kind of what you would think of at the bottom of a lake kind of swooshing back and forth with a current but yeah other than that i have like a grass i guess in the back that's growing and i use a, a fluval substrate that's like a a dirt instead of a sand and it, it feeds the plants pretty well so you built yourself a little ecosystem that every every piece is helping each other out exactly i have the lighting which which helps out the plants and also helps keep the tank pretty warm for the fish because fish do need it to be a little bit warmer and i also have a bubbler that helps kind of circulate the water because i the the 10 gallon filter, I, if you're going with a filter for your tank, you're, I always personally tend to go with a filter that is one above the tank. So if you buy a 10 gallon tank, I go with like a 15 gallon filter, something that'll filtrate it a little bit better. Depending on how many fish you have, um, it can get really dirty. I only have two fish in there right now, so it actually stays pretty clean for the most part, even though you're, you're going to want to do water changes. But it stays pretty clear because there's not very many fish in there. But the more fish you add, the murkier it can get because fish poop. And that's what causes it to get murky and what causes the algae to grow, which is bad. Because I can throw off the whole ecosystem. I also have two snails that also kind of help clean up the algae in the tank. And they're pretty fast, right? <laughs> they're fast for water snails, yeah. Um, you're, if, you, if you're concerned about algae growing or the tank getting murky, that's why I always go with like a, a better filter or something that's maybe for one size up. And also you can get little fish that feed along, like bottom feeders that, that they help clean up the poop from the fish and stuff. And yeah, other than that, keeping the, the tank circulating a good filter, the bubbler helps oxidize the water. And I also have a CO2 tank that supposedly helps plants grow. And I haven't really noticed it make too much of a difference yet in the plants uh, really thriving. So I don't know if that's like something that I'll be investing in in the future for other tanks. But, but you got time, you got tanks. It's trial and error until you find something that works for you, right? So at the beginning of the episode, you talked about only having a freshwater tank. Did you ever consider getting a saltwater tank or is that something you're not interested in at all? I, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably wait quite a while to get a saltwater tank just because it's so much different and so much harder to upkeep than, in, at least in my opinion, than the freshwater. I already have enough problems as it is with my fresh water tanks because in the area that I live, there's a lot of the water, the tap water contains a lot of calcium. And so I didn't know that when I first started using tap water, which I know a lot of people are like, why would you use tap water? But I, yeah, I was, I didn't know in the beginning. So I was using tap water 
and I was wondering why there was all this white stuff around my tank, and it's the calcium buildup from the tap water. And so the only way to get that off is vinegar, which means you have to empty the whole tank out. It's just a huge process. Basically, I've ruined one of my tanks because I've lived up here and I use tap water in it. So now I do not use tap water. I use uh, distilled water from the store, which can be spendy, especially when I want to fill up a 50-gallon tank, <laughs> you know, and I want to do water changes with it. But um, no matter what you do, you're always going to want to put water conditioner in it to make sure that it's it's uh, good. And when you just just to make sure everybody's like really clear on this, when you when you go to the pet store and you're thinking about buying a fish and stuff, and say you really want a fish, buy the aquarium first, buy all the supplies for it first. Do not buy your fish right away. As tempting as it is to like find the one and bring it home and you really, really want to. I'm sure a pet store will hold it for you if you pay for it, but definitely bring all that stuff home, put it in the tank. If, if it's a piece of wood, like driftwood, you're going to want to boil it to get all the, the shit out of it. Basically, you're going to want to boil it and put all the stuff in the tank after you boil that wood or you, you have to take all, if you're using substrate like gravel or sand or dirt or whatever you're using, I wouldn't recommend dirt, but there's like, there's like fluval dirt for plants that's at the pet store usually. Um, you are going to want to take it and you're going to put it in a bucket or a bowl and you're going to want to rinse it out really, really well in like tap water is fine. And just make sure that it's, it, I mean, it's just going to make sure that there's nothing in there that and when you put it in the tank, it's going to be a little less murky than what it would be if you were just to dump it all in there and then pour water over it. It's going to be murky anyways, but it'll be less murky. And then you're going to want to put the water in, put your decorations in, organize it how you want. And then you're going to want to put your water conditioner in and you're going to let it set for 48 hours at the most or at the least, really. I don't know. But you're going to want to let that tank acclimate before you, especially if it's a brand new tank going to want to let all that water and stuff sit in there for a while before you put any living things in there because it just yeah it's, it's super important and you're going to want to probably invest in you can buy little test strips api test strips for fresh water and salt water and you're going to want to test everything i mean it tests like ph levels and nitrate levels it's, just, it's like a science project but that's the best way to make sure that the fish you bring home isn't going to die when you put it in there because, um, yeah, you could plop a fish in there, and e even if it's like a hardy goldfish, and which are a little bit more tough than other fish, it could go into shock when you put it in the tank and die. It could get a, it could get sick. You can get like a, it could get a fungus and just die. They're they're more fragile than we give them credit for. So it's it's really important. And when you bring them home finally, and your tank is acclimated. You're going to want to put them in something so that in, so they're going to be in their own water. You've seen this on like Finding Nemo where he takes them out and puts them in little bags. You're going to want to basically do kind of that. The pet store will probably already have them in a little bag with their own water. Just plop that bag with them in their bag into the water and let them become acclimated to the temperature of that water and then let them out. So it's <laughs> Yeah, it's just the safest way to make sure you don't fry your fish, I guess. I'm very familiar with all this. My dad used to do the same thing. I always wondered when I was a kid why he left it in the tank with, sorry, the fish in the bag in the tank. And then he explains to me the exact same thing as you did. It's just the shock. It's like if you go from straight cold and then put your feet in like hot, hot water, it will 
You can, you know, it, it hurts exactly. It's the same thing. It'll just shock your body. And the same thing happens for fish. You just won't see the facial expression on the fish, but they go through it as well. Yeah, they do. Uh, it's really important. And if you're doing other animals like the axolotl, for instance, I mean, it's just as important. They're, they're totally different species, but they're still aquatic. They still have gills. So it's, it's really important for them too as well. I'd also assume like snails and crabs and other things like that would also like you to kind of let them dip their feet slowly too. Rule of thumb, any living creature pretty much. Yeah, but to be safe. Yeah, but don't do that for like like land mammals. Don't leave your dog in a bag. Don't put your dog in a bag and then bring them to your house. Only for fish. It's water, okay? Just keep that in mind. Yeah. What would you say is the best part about aquariums for you? Did it teach you anything? I would say it's just one of those things for me where I can turn off my brain and play around with it when, especially when I get new things for them or I don't know, when I lived in my first apartment, I didn't have internet or TV and I had very limited cell phone data. So when I had my fish tanks, it was like my own TV in a way. And I could, it was just, yeah, it could consume three to four hours of my time easily just toying with them. Not in like a, in a bothersome way, but just making sure they're okay and like making sure everything is in place. And yeah. No, I was the same. Like I would just stare at the fish tank and just see the fish doing their thing. And, uh, well, I think they do sometimes have fish tanks that look like old TVs. So it's a fish tank in the TV. So it's kind of like the perfect thing if you were a kid and had that. Oh my God. Yes. I, one of the coolest things about fish tanks is being able to personalize them and make them super cool. So that way when people come over, that's all they want to look at. (laughs) What was the most expensive creature you ever purchased for your aquarium? I think the aquariums are more expensive than the creatures, to be honest. I mean, my 50-gallon cost me about 500 bucks total, and that's not including the water or or the testing kit or any of the decorations. (laughs) But as far as creatures go, I spent, I guess I spent $40 on a golden axolotl a couple years ago. Would you say that's your limit? Um, yeah, I'd say for that, yeah, $40 is about as much as I would spend on, because I'm, I'm, I'm still considering myself a beginner to almost intermediate when it comes to aquariums. So I would feel really bad spending money on something that I couldn't necessarily keep alive. Because I did have um, my first two axolotls that I got three or four years ago. I let one of my friends babysit and they they didn't know much about aquariums and I didn't know much about aquariums. And so the golden one did actually die within a week because we, neither of us knew what we were doing. And the other one, he ended up surviving until a little while ago when I had a bacteria bloom in my 50-gallon tank, which was devastating because I lost all my axolotls. And I, it just happened overnight. I woke up, the water was murky, and all of them were dead. And I was like... Oh my God, you know, if you have a bacteria bloom or you're not necessarily sure what, what happened or any time a fish dies really, or any of them die, you're going to want to take all the surviving ones out, put them in clean water. You're going to want to empty out that entire tank. Sadly, it sucks, but you're going to have to empty out the tank because of the bacteria. Any decorations you're going to want to take out and bleach or boil, and you're going to want to wash out the tank itself as best you can with uh, vinegar or bleach, anything like that. And then you're going to let it sit and dry 
and then you're going to fill it up again and you're gonna put everything back in and hopefully start over from there. So I have an interesting story in relation to that. So like I said, my parents had a fish tank and one day after school, I was probably 13, 14. I was sitting watching TV on the ground and all I hear is and stupid me, I'm thinking, oh, they're just doing construction outside. No need to worry about it. And kept on hearing, hearing, and then my feet start getting wet. And then I realize <laughs> that's not construction. I get up, I look, the fish tank broke. So the back part, the adhesive has somehow like gotten so thin that it just broke. The tank was still inta- intact, but the water was just coming out at a fast speed. And I was panicking. I'm like, okay, okay, what do I do? What do I do? Okay, yes, I need a bucket. I need to save every fish. I run and I go get a, well, I say a bucket, but like a, like a, I guess a bucket. And I go and I go try to pick up the first fish. And then I look, I'm like, wait, I need water in my bucket. So uh, <laughs> instead of catching the water falling from the tank, I run back to the sink, filling it up with water. And I'm like, crap, crap, crap. I got to go faster. I got to make sure I get more water before the tank gets empty. And then I was able to save every fish, but the floor was completely drenched. Oh man, that's my worst nightmare because I have so much water in these tanks and I'm still in an apartment, so it would come out of pocket and it would suck. So just a word of of advice, if you ever hear, it's not construction. I honestly thought when you were making that noise, it was the sound of a filter running dry, which is also bad because if you ever hear your, most filters will say this on the back of, of their of the box, but it'll say if you don't want to let your filter run without water going through it because it can burn up and then you've got a useless filter, basically. So the longer you let it run without water, the more likely it is to break. Yeah, it was running without water. The water was just going down. <laughs> yeah. I had, I had my priorities on the fish. Well, when you said that noise, that's reminded me of, because when I hear that noise, I think, oh God, the filter, it's, it's empty. Like I got to run and I got to fill it up and make sure it doesn't burn. But see, we both care about our fish that it's not the filter first, it's the fish first. That's a tongue twister. Yes, for sure. What is, or sorry, what was your biggest challenge when you first started taking care of an aquarium or had an aquarium? Money. Money might be the first, uh, the biggest issue uh, because you get so excited buying the plants and the fish and the fun, cute stuff that goes in there. And then you don't realize you also need the important stuff like the sciencey things, the test kits, the stuff to raise the pH level and all of these other things, you know, to take care of the water. You're taking care of the water before you take care of the fish. And that's very true. You take care of the environment around you before you live there. It makes perfect sense. And is this similar to your current challenge today or has it changed a little bit? Um, it's, I still, in the back of my mind, I'm always worrying about a bacteria bloom now because I'm like, I just gotta, I look at my tanks every day and I, I just like super vigilant because I just worry that something is going to happen overnight that I don't see. So it's an everyday thing that I check on those tanks. Um, my, I've really tried to cut back on keeping the light on in my 50 gallon tank because I think that that really attributed to the bacteria bloom. So I keep the light off on it unless I have guests over that want to look in the tank. But it helps also keep the water really cold, which is what axolotls like, cold and dark, you know. So it kind of works out for him. And that's perfect. Also, I didn't tell you uh, my axolotl's name. Oh, yes. His name is Ric Flair. I don't know if you watch wrestling or not. 
I used to, but uh, please tell me why him. Mostly because I like going woo. Also, because <laughs> he, I don't know, he's a golden axolotl too, so he's kind of got that flair. So there you go. It's just, they match. They're perfect for each other. So you kind of answered this question a little bit earlier on, but I'm going to ask it anyways in a certain different way. Has owning an aquarium ever helped you relax when you're stressed? So let's say you had a long day at work. Do you just come home sometimes and just stare at your tank and it helps you meditate and relax? It doesn't really help me relax, but it does help me in a like a meditative way because the first thing I do when I get home is I usually go right to the tanks and I look inside and see who's awake and seeing if they're all still alive and checking on things, making sure the filters are going. I feed them every day, even though maybe I shouldn't feed betas every day. I'm not entirely sure, but they always are. They always, they always look excited to see me when I come home. Like my dog is, she's excited. And then I see my tank and the, the fish come and see me. It's like they recognize my face. Everybody's wagging their tails. Yeah, but I'm probably just making that up. They probably are just like, oh, what's that big white blob in front of our tank? It's the feeder. It came to feed us. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the feeder. Yeah, it's the Pablo effect or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, on the flip side, has owning an aquarium ever stressed you out? Yeah. <laughs> when I had uh, all my axolotls, so they didn't die right away. The babies, they did, sadly. I, they just couldn't survive the bacteria bloom. And I ended up scooping them out. And the two adults that I had had for a long time, they were, they were obviously sick. So I scooped them out. And one thing that you do with axolotls it, to like put them into hyper healing mode is you put them in the fridge and the cold water kind of hibernates them and it makes their metabolism slow down. But it, I don't know. There's, it's, it's just what the internet says to do. Also. I don't know if you know this, but axolotls are like one of the only beings, like living beings on earth that don't get cancer. And they also are, they can grow their limbs back if they they lose a limb. So that's pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> but um, they, they ended up not making it. The one that I had had for the longest, once he died, I, I was like, oh, I suck at this. And I, I was pretty... I don't know. I was really turned off for a while and my tank sat there for a long time, full of the bacteria and nasty shit. And I was just, I was pretty heartbroken about it. And I finally, I went to the pet store that I go to, which is a local one, not like a big business one. And I asked him, I was like, so they didn't make it. And I just want to know how I can salvage my tank and start over. And he's like, well, you gotta, you gotta run bleach through it. You gotta really make sure that there's not going to be anything left behind for new fish that go in. And so it was a process and I took my sweet time with it because if I, if I jumped on it all at once, I knew I was going to be stressed out because looking at it reminded me of the babies that I lost and like, you know, it's just, yeah. Anyways, I did end up, so I buried the two adults and I turned the babies into my first wet specimens, which is kind of creepy to some people. And my fiance was kind of creeped out that I did that. But I was like, listen, I raised these babies from tadpoles and I'm not going to put them in the ground. But that's completely fair. Whatever helps you, the grieving process is different for everybody, right? Yes. And we have to accept that everybody takes it in different ways. Yeah. They're pretty cute still in their jar. 
See, that's something I always wanted when I was a kid. I always wanted my fish to have babies, but it never happened. Yeah, my beta, when I, one of the betas, the elephant ear one, when I got her, uh, she was like really fat. And I was like, what's, what's wrong with this one? And then she ended up laying a bunch of eggs and she ate the eggs. <laughs> so the feeder did not feed her. Well, I don't know. I watched her lay them and then just immediately eat them. And I was like, oh. wow, you're gross. <laughs> She's like, yeah, this is, this is nature. This is what happens. Discovery, discovery channel. <laughs> I looked it up online and I, I guess it's pretty common especially since she, i had just gotten her so she was stressed out she was probably stress eating so she didn't really have anybody to mate with either so it's like what do you do so what are some misconceptions about people who own aquariums i don't know what are misconceptions about us i don't really know anybody that that has any other aquariums what was your first impression of me when i told you that, that this is the hobby i wanted to talk about no, I was not surprised at all because I, that was my only pet as a kid. So throughout my, like until I was 18, we had an aquarium. So it was all natural to me to talk about aquariums. I love them so much. Uh, misconceptions? I Maybe since you have an aquarium, you must like buying expensive fish to try to make it the most unique and elegant aquarium in the world. I, I'm, tr- I'm thinking on the spot, but... Um. Well, to that, I would say I'm personally not the type of person who wants to go all out with fish. I definitely um, follow a lot of subreddits that are more focused on planted tanks. And I, it's been my dream to like have a really flourished planted tank and maybe get some shrimp in there to kind of keep it moving. But I really like the idea of having like uh, aquaculture. Yeah, aquaculture is cool to me. Like growing, growing things from water, like people can grow food from water. And I've seen that be done, but I haven't tried it yet. Well, all life came from bacteria and microbes from water, right? So why not? It's, it's cool to have like your own little science experiment. I went, well, not science experiment, but a little biodome just happening right in front of you. Like things live, things die, things are created, things come to life. They didn't even know existed. Like you were saying the unfortunately the the thing that happened overnight unfortunately happened but it's interesting to think wow these kind of things can happen in its nature yeah and i'm not saying that the bacteria thing happened overnight because i don't personally know i've done some research but i guess you can kind of tell when it's about to happen but i didn't know the clues to look for i guess so but now you know now i know so you you are ahead of the game Yes, I am with this one for sure. And along the lines of planted tanks, like a lot of people uh, who like terrariums kind of can translate that into planted tanks. If you like terrariums, like succulents or dry terrariums, maybe the next step up is you buy a little tank and you put some planted, you know, planted aquatic plants in there. I don't know. No, it's you could do anything you want. It's 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 a canvas where you make it art, you make it beautiful. Yes. So I didn't add this question in, but I feel like it'd be an interesting question to ask anyways. Do you have any pet peeves, let's say, about the aquarium community or how people use aquariums or anything like that? I guess the pet peeve that I have is with beginners because, I, you know, at one point I was a beginner and I was just asking a lot of questions all the time, which I think really helped. So, you know, I know a lot of parents go out and buy fish for their kids like they would buy a hamster. So they're kind of like throwaway pets. And while I'm not saying that isn't true, that's not a really good life lesson to teach a kid by getting them a hamster 
or a, a fish tank. I do think that it is like a bigger responsibility than people let on. So if you're really, really wanting to get into it, do your research, I guess, and make sure that you're not just buying things that are you're going to end up killing. Come on, it's a living creature. So treat it with respect yeah. and it will eat your food. That being said, I do think that if you do your research and you try and the fish or the plants still die, don't beat yourself up about it. You know, maybe it was its time, maybe it wasn't. And it's going to be a trial and error thing. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be afraid of trying. Just have the respect for the animal or the plants and just make sure you do your research and, and just try your best. As long as you put in the effort, you can't blame yourself if you did everything you can and it, life happens. Yeah. And death happens. And so. death, and death, of course. Yes. Yes. That's, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to present this hobby to the world or use it as an escape from reality? I guess when I hear somebody bring it up, I want to talk about it a, a lot. Like like this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> when I hear somebody wants to know more about it, I want to tell them my side of it. But for the most part, it's definitely my own little world when I get home because I have a lot of animals. So. And they all need love. Yes, for sure. You kind of answered this two questions ago, but uh, I wonder if you have anything else to add to it. Do you have any word of advice for anyone who might be interested in this hobby? Yeah, um, don't just don't go out and buy them on a whim. Go to your pet store and ask ask the assistants. You know, they're there to help you. It's their job. And ask a lot of questions. You're going to want to set a budget, probably, because it's going to be kind of spendy, depending on how big the tank is going to be and what fish you're gonna get, and all that kind of stuff. And you're gonna wanna make sure you have a spot picked out in your house for it, that's a that's a good spot, not next to a window, and make sure that the plugins are good because there's always a safety aspect of making sure that <laughs> if a tank breaks, you're not gonna get electrocuted or something. Just, just take your time with it, there's no rush at all, right? No rush, you're definitely just gonna wanna take it slow and and like, I know that you can go to like, in America, at least you can go to a pet store and just pick stuff up and they don't really ask questions, which is too bad. Like a lot of big company pet stores do that. So yeah, same here in Canada. Yeah, it's kind of really sad in a way that they just kind of hand animals out if you have money. Yeah, just, just, if you really care about the fish and you really want to make this a really fun hobby, do your research, take your time save your money. There is no rush, kids. Take your time and listen to this podcast so you can learn more about aquariums yes. from an expert. I am not an expert. <laughs> I am a, I'm a novice. You're an expert in my eyes. Yeah. So do you have any social media links or websites you'd like to share? It could be either your own social media links or websites or some of another company or other thing. And also maybe promote your own podcast. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I definitely want to throw out there where we met, which is Reddit. We, there's r slash podcasts, which was a really good resource for, you know, finding new podcasts or getting yourself out there. But also Reddit is a really good resource for if you're interested in learning more about fish tanks, because there's a lot of experts that are on Reddit on r slash aquariums or r slash planted tanks. Just saying, throwing those subreddits out there. Um, other than <laughs> that, uh, I have a podcast with my friend soon to be best friend hopefully caitlin and our podcast is called friendish podcast and it's about friendship because there's a ton of podcasts out there about love and relationships but 
nobody really has anything to say about friendship. So we decided to make a podcast talking about all the different kinds of friendships that are out there. And, and we also throw in some food because the quickest way to a person's heart is through their stomach. That's very true. And also to fish too, right? To their hearts from the stomach. <laughs> I mean, I have never gutted a fish before, but I'd assume. No, 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 no. I meant, I meant feeding the fish. <laughs> you get to the fish's heart as in they love you for feeding them. Not don't gut the fish. That's not what I meant. I'm so sorry. Oh, I mean, I got it. I was just throwing that out there. Cause, oh, okay. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, you sly. But yeah, you should definitely check out her podcast. You can see the dynamic is really good. And it's the energy, the, if correct me if I'm wrong, you guys met, like you're, you're it's somewhat of a new friendship and you just, that energy is just bang, 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 as in it's just back and forth and laughter and smile. I do highly recommend it. It is um, a rated M for mature type podcast. We do curse on there. So uh, I'm just throwing that out there. We do talk about inappropriate stuff. We're kind of a raunchy couple of gals having fun for an advice podcast so if you want advice on your friendship definitely email us at friendishpodcast at gmail.com i also have i just want to throw out my other instagram out there that i'm trying to get started i have a an art instagram uh that's it's skull seed on instagram and it's my art one because i'm trying to to get my artwork out there but yeah so I'll put all that in the description so you guys can click it, you can follow, you can subscribe, you can like, you can share, you can do all of the above and I do highly recommend to do it. And so wait, does that mean I'm going to have to have you back on again for your art? I never said I was good at art. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know. Art is boring, isn't it? Hey, you never know. Anything can be inter interesting to anyone. So Yeah. I, yeah, I guess I could get on and talk about pottery because I've been doing that. And that's fun to me. It's new to me. Well, there you go. You take your time. You, once again, it's patience. You don't have to do it right away because we've been talking for almost an hour now. You don't, we don't have to do it right away. You can relax. You have your own podcast. You have, you have fish. You have animals. You have, you have a lot on your hand. I'm surprised you had time to talk to me. You know what? It's really nice that you say that because I used to think that I never had any hobbies. And you kind of helped me realize that I do actually have hobbies. Which is nice. There you go. Yeah, that's that's why I decided to do it, to try to make people realize that they have things in their lives that makes them happy. Not my, po not my podcast, but I mean, it's like a self-discovery kind of thing. Yes. So there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Brie, for coming on the show and sharing your passion of aquariums. We re we pretty much vibed on our experiences. We went through similar things. I feel like you've went through a lot more, but I was at the same level to a certain point, but I can I can somewhat relate. So I'm very happy for that. And if you would like to learn more about Brie, you can go check her out on her podcast, her Instagram, and there's also Reddit where you can get more information about aquariums. If there's a question you thought of, somebody's already asked it on Reddit, so you can just go look it up there. If you would like to be on my show, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs>